This is Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. And today I'm so excited to be talking to my real life, wonderful friend, Rachel Kovac. She's on Instagram at Rachel Stitched Together. And today we're in this series where we're talking about the family rule or basically how different families come up with their own rule of life or family vision and some of the ways that they live it out. And Rachel is someone I've gotten to hang out with her and her kids and just see how she does everything she does with so much excellence. And I'm really excited for you to learn from her today. Thank you so much for joining me, Rachel. So nice to be here, Jen. Uh, I just love learning from you and everything you do, your house and your sourdough and the clothes that you sew and the education you give your kids is so excellent. And I know that doing that has meant that there are some things you guys have chosen not to do so you could focus on the things that you do love. Like you guys travel, your kids are really proficient in music. What are some of the things that as a family you didn't focus on so that you could focus on the important things to you? I think early on, um, homeschooling was one of the choices that we decided to do because it allowed us the time to be able to focus on the various things that we wanted to pursue. And if your children are in school all day long, there's less time to pursue things like music or you're bound by their calendar for travel. And so homeschooling itself was a gift that allowed us to pursue a lot of the things that we were interested in while still having a lot of time. Yeah. So you, like I've, I've listened to Jude play guitar. It's really beautiful. And he helps lead worship at your church and, uh, you know, your kids sing together and Indigo just did this amazing plant sale. How did they choose, or how did you guys as a family choose what you would focus on? Well, I became very passionate in creating a family rhythm. That was something that was not originally intuitive to me. And I've led a couple of workshops on that for wild and free. Um, I came out of a very structured environment, very authoritarian parenting. And so when I first started out as a mother, I was like, Oh, whatever goes like, let's just have a mess all of the time. And like many, many choices, like what should we do today? The world is our oyster. And my husband was working a lot. I was at home with all these small children. And I realized, what do I do when the oldest wants to do one thing? And then the second oldest wants to do something completely different. And all of the choices were stressing them out. And then I was doing this research on choice. And I realized that choice, choices stress most people out, adults, children, even things like deciding what to wear can really be stressful to kids. And so when every day a child is given the opportunity to have the world run by themselves, that's a lot of pressure on a young child. It can be very stressful to give them endless choices. So through the Waldorf uh, philosophy, I was introduced to this concept of rhythm. And that was life changing for me. It was really about Look at the lifestyle that you want to create and then make the space for it every day and be intentional and your children will just follow into this rhythm as you're leading it. Eliminating the choice actually eliminated a lot of conflict because it was just like, this is the way that things are like the sun coming up every day and rhythms are built into the universe. I mean, there are the rhythms of the tide, the rhythms of the seasons, the rhythms of day and night. And so it was very comforting for our children to know every day we go for a morning walk, every day we do our read alouds. 
then, you know, we had this structure. Now, it wasn't too rigid or too confining, and we had a lot of room and spaciousness to breathe. That's so good. It's so encouraging because I think I, I feel sadly that a lot of Christian parenting resources have really focused on behavior or discipline. And I wish there was something that was more explicitly Christian, like simplicity parenting, because that one does focus on the importance of rhythms, the importance for our children, like the peace that it brings to our children to have a predictable day. And Mm -hmm. I love that you discovered that. How did you figure that out? Because it's not necessarily spelled out in very many places. I think it was actually listening to a Waldorf educator that said, sometimes your parents have a rhythm too long and that starts to feel suffocating. So you think all rhythm is bad, but children naturally and, and humans in general like to know what's coming next. And especially children, because they're so small, they, they're still learning about the world. And so there's a real comfort, but don't be stifling, allow it to be free flowing, allow a lot of time for play, but also make sure that your children are cleaning up too. Like that was sort of revolutionary. I think I came from a mindset of my job going through a traditional you know, public school program and then university was to be a student. So I didn't really help around the house. I never did my own laundry. I never did my own dishes. I didn't come into marriage knowing how to cook. I didn't, you know, that was all new. And so I think I had this idea like, oh, I'm the mom. I need to clean up. I can't ask my kids to do that. But in the Walder philosophy, they recommended including your kids in the chores. If they make the mess, like, have them pick up their messes. And this is just how it goes. It's not a conflict. It's just the way things are. Yeah, you know? I love that so much. And that was one of the things I learned from Montessori philosophy as well. It's more, it's really more respectful to the child to expect that they will be working towards independence. Like we're not raising, even though I want my children to have a beautiful childhood and to experience joy and peace and fun, I'm not raising children. I'm raising humans with a soul and a spirit and who who need to learn how to care for themselves because it's part of being a human. And so I love that that was another thing you learned early on is just the importance of kind of a holistic way of life that you, if you make a mess, you clean it up. It's part of being a, a human. I think that it wasn't early on, though, like just being completely forthright about it. I had four kids, seven and under. My house was always a disaster. Another thing was like embracing minimalism and like not having so many toys. I had done the research on open-ended play, like kids need far fewer toys than we think. We hardly have any toys anymore. And the kids are endlessly playing and they're imaginative, but just reducing things to make my life more manageable. And then I saw like, this is working so much better for us. That's also very encouraging because I think some people feel like, oh, I started out this one way and now I've made so many mistakes, I can't try anything else. But you really have been a learner. Like you had sort of a way of being in the very early, early years. And then you were like, wait a second, this isn't actually the lifestyle we want. Was there some trigger point or what helped you discover a different way of doing things? Well, I think I was just completely overwhelmed. (laughs) You know, because my kids all wanted to do different things. My house was always a disaster. I didn't even really know that I liked a clean space until after we tried. But my husband does like a clean space. And I was always like, creativity is messy. Like the more messes, the better. Who cares? Like, you know, it's not a spiritual value to be tidy. Like I didn't, that was not on my radar. But then I just saw like the peace it brought. It did bring a lot of peace to have these rhythms and to not have the conflict 
that can come out of, well, what do you want to do today? I want to do this. Well, I want to do that. You know what I mean? And I think one of the most helpful bits of advice I was given, and I think your curriculum really speaks to this, is the, the chores, the baking, all of these home life activities, they are the curriculum. Don't feel like, oh, now I don't have time for the curriculum. No, this is the curriculum. And so this is worthwhile. Um, and I think that's when you talk about like my daughter having a plant sale, she became a certified nursery, went to the farmer's market, sold her plants. She got me into the idea of closed loop gardening where you harvest the seeds and, you know, they're more, they have more vitality and they do better because they're from your specific area. That started with her being a small child and, and it requires more patience then because they slow you down. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Having a child like help you with cleaning or baking or whatever, it slows you down significantly and it can be frustrating, but it's like, if you can put it, shift the mindset into this is the curriculum. This is our school. Amazing. Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea because especially in the early years when motor skills are so important to learn because you can't sit there writing a paper, writing an essay or typing up an essay if you don't even know how to make your fingers work. But if you're learning how to fold clothes or put away silverware or dust furniture, all of those things actually teach those motor skills. But what mm-hmm. helped you make the transition? Because you, you know, you'd been doing things one way and all of a sudden you get a vision for a family lifestyle that was a little bit different, how did you transition your kids from being a kind of messy, creative free-for-all to being more orderly? Well, we sat down and first identified our values. So what is it that we want to build in every day? Yeah. And then we worked from there. Okay. Because a lot of people would tell me, I don't have time for this, or I don't have time for that. Well, just trying to, and some people don't, I'm not, I mean, there are seasons where we don't have as much time, you know, for certain things, but I'm trying to approach it as how can I make the time for this? Because, and I think, you know, this because you have adult kids and now I really feel this because my oldest is going to college and I have goosebumps just talking about this. Like the time, it really does go by so fast. It does. Like there's a timelessness to motherhood. A thousand years can be like a day and a day can be like a thousand years. I think we're like touching on the transcendent and the eternal in, in our love. And so like there's a timelessness to it, but it's when it's gone is gone and there's no second chances. So it's so important to come to it with intention and say like, what do we want our day to look like? And so we started with that and then we just built our rhythm and, and we just started doing it. And it wasn't always easy especially we, we, we have taken a break from this, but now the girls have wanted to bring it back. Um, starting a family walk. That was something that was really important when my kids were small. Like we just need to get out first thing in the morning. We live in Texas where it's hot. So the morning's the best time and like burn that energy before we get going on our schoolwork. And they didn't always want to do it, you know? And with the baby, it was sometimes challenging too, like wearing them or whatever, but it's just like, this is just what we do. And we do it every day and they started to love it. And now this summer, because we haven't been doing it as much with all the different schedules, having six kids and my oldest was 18, is 18. um, They're like, we want to go back to that. That was so wonderful. Um, And yeah, of course, when you introduce the idea of you're going to have more uh, responsibility around the house, most children aren't going to be thrilled with that. But I do think the earlier we introduce it, the more thrilled they are. Do you know what I mean? Because a young child, like I read Little Men out loud, mm-hmm. and I loved how 
I think it was Dolly or Daisy or someone has this little toy kitchen and it actually works. And I was really fascinated when I think Terry Woods or mom had the same thing, a little toy kitchen that actually worked. You could put fire. It was a wood stove. It was a mini wood stove or something. And children, when they're young, they're enchanted with the idea of using a little broom and dustpan or having a little vacuum. They're interested in it when they're young. But the problem is when we wait till they're older and we teach it as this terrible chore, as opposed to, look, we get to work together to have a beautiful, happy home, you know? And I love that you sort of just gently incorporating that. And I also love that you talked about how you guys identified your values. Like, how did you even know what to identify? Because I think a lot of families are like, they just follow culture. They just, you know, put their kids in the school and do the extracurricular activities. They don't even really take time to think about what are our values as a family? How did you and Dan even think about what are the things we want to focus on? Because you said we identified our values. How did you do that? Well, okay. I think there are two parts to this question. I want to first talk about the work question because I think you're spot on. We really did not want our children to have an adversarial mindset about working. Like working is good. We were made to work. Um, we find per- we can find a sense of purpose, not our identity, but a sense of meaning in life when we do meaningful work. And, and that can be washing the dishes. Like it's not like certain things are above us. We have always tried to make it fun and we have great conversations or the kids will play music and they have a sense of accomplishment in working. And so we have really tried to not frame work as like a live for the weekend kind of mentality that a lot of folks embrace. Do you know what I mean? Like work is terrible. Work is something to be avoided. We want to live for the weekend or, you know, we really did not want to leave our kids with that kind of mentality. And I would say they all legitimately find satisfaction and deep fulfillment in working, which I think is great. I'm very like, they're not looking to only lead a life of leisure and it needs to be balanced. I mean, anything can come out of balance, but I'm glad that they find working satisfying. But secondly, when it came to identifying values, I think it was looking at moms who are ahead of me, like yourself, like Terry Woods, and seeing what kind of culture do I want to create in my dream world? And seeing, okay, I want, I didn't actually read a lot as a child. I really didn't read fiction until I started homeschooling. I came from a university environment. I actually worked as a teaching assistant and research assistant, but I only read nonfiction. I felt like that was what you do. Like I'm a serious person that reads a lot of nonfiction, you know? Um, so I have gotten to explore all these books alongside of my children. And I was inspired by people like you who did it, like reading aloud to children who can read. That was a novel idea to me. Many people stop reading aloud once their children can read for themselves. But now my children are 18 and younger and we still all read aloud together. And that's just a part of our culture. I love that. I saw that in other families and I thought, I want that for my family. And then Terry Woods and singing. um, I saw them singing together. I initially thought like, that's kind of awkward for me. But then you just have to do it. And I was like, was it awkward for you? I asked her. She was like, no, it really, like, I I think we've just always done it. So I'm like, okay, let's move past this. And now my kids are always singing and playing music together. And so it's incredible. I love that you pointed out the power of mentorships, because I think sometimes we underemphasize or don't even realize the power of 
what we can learn from other moms, whether it's online moms or in-person moms, you know, as we observe the way people are doing life, we do get a vision for sure. You, I mean, the same thing, like I'm so inspired by the way you incorporate plants in your home and by the way you really teach your children meaningful skills and incorporate handcrafts. There's so many ways that you inspire me. And so I love that we can be you know, living in, whether it's an online community or in-person local community that helps us see a way of life. And that is, you know, one of the real powers, I believe, of like this concept of restoration home is that if we don't live in community with other people, then nobody gets to see the wonderful things we are doing. And we don't get to see the wonderful things other people are doing. And I think our values can be shaped for the better. But how do you deal with peer pressure? Because I think a lot of families, they end up doing things that maybe aren't their value. Like, you know, for our family, we've never been super into sports. Like I see the value in it, but it's just there are other things that are more important to us. But sometimes I see other families doing it and they're really busy with it. And I think, have I, you know, have I stolen something from my kids? How do you deal with being in community and seeing how other people do things, but not being tempted to change your values to accommodate your peers? Yeah, well, I think, I think that it's really important to keep in mind that every family is different and that's okay. We don't all have to fit into a certain mold. Like we are all made to be different and we can each bring a valuable contribution. And so those families that love sports and that's their, that's their family thing. I think that's wonderful. Um, that hasn't, like you're saying about your family, that hasn't been our family situation or we don't do a lot of screen time, but I know there are families that love watching movies together. I personally don't like watching movies. Even when I was a child, I just would like find it boring and I would get up and walk around and just, I, I just never enjoyed it. But there are families that that's a part of their culture and they're quoting lines and they have these inside jokes and, and that's wonderful. I don't think we have to feel like because I'm making this choice, someone else has to, or because I'm not, I'm less than. And I think sometimes we can feel really insecure about things that no one else is even judging us for. For example, when I was attachment parenting as a new mom and I was like breastfeeding around the clock and co-sleeping, I felt so judged. But by the time I had my sixth baby, I didn't feel judged at all. I was like, this is just what we do. And now I wonder, was I really judged? Like people probably didn't care that much. I don't know if they did or didn't. Right. And, and I think it takes a lot of, I think it does take confidence. Like I always felt judged too. Like if, you know, and I was judging people, honestly, I was like, Ooh, dirty stroller. Ooh, um, you know, formula fed baby. Like I was a judger sadly. And so I think the more we judge others, the more judged we will feel at least that worked in my case. But also, I mean, partly it was just for me, I got over a lot of that judgment by making mistakes. You know what I mean? Because all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm not perfect. I better give other people the mercy that I want to receive because it doesn't exactly. feel very good to feel judged. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. Like if you were just going to give one piece of advice to a family who don't have any kind of family vision yet, they're like, I don't even know where to start. What would be just one thing you would say, one bit of encouragement? I would just say that you have this one opportunity to be the mother to your kids and dream, dream about what you would like to see for your family and don't limit yourself by what you think you, you should do or the box you think you should be placed in. You can be who you want to be and go after that. And even if you decide, well, that's not for me. Um, that's okay. You learned through experience. 
you know? Yeah. And I love that because you're, you're the third family that I've interviewed on this subject. And mm-hmm. like Jenny Urich of a thousand hours outside, their big thing is being outside and they don't necessarily, um, like a value of having a clean house is not very high for them. It's one of the things they've had to give up. And you have this beautiful home and garden. And I know you spend a lot of time outside, but you've probably given up maybe some outside like regular curriculars or maybe sports or something. And then uh, another woman I interviewed, they, she's given up having her kids home all the time and her kids are in school and that's how she accomplishes some of her values. So I love that there are many different ways of having a strong family, having a restoration home. And it's okay to be your own person and just kind of, and it's okay to experiment. Like I love that in the beginning years, you experimented a little bit with just being this messy free for all creative, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. for you. You need a little bit more structure to feel that peace. And so I think it's okay as a family to try different things. And if you feel like you made a mistake, just say sorry to your kids and try something different. Exactly. And sometimes we limit ourselves by our own mindsets. Like early on, I'm like, I'm a messy creative. I don't have a clean house. Like I almost looked down on people who had a clean house, you know, <laughs> like we have more important things to do than clean, but we can liberate ourselves from our own mindsets and yeah. try things, you know, if things aren't working, like, okay, this isn't working. Maybe I need to change my mindset and embrace a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset. That's so good. I love that. And I've loved this whole conversation. I love talking to you and staring into your beautiful living room. It's such an inspiration. You are such an inspiration. Thank you for joining me today, Rachel. You're an inspiration. I love you, Jen. 